I've always, always loved electronic music. I went to a boarding school on the reservation and we had like a, a whole crowded two-spirit people and we all used to share like this cassette tape called Rave Till Dawn. That was one of my early, earliest experiences with uh, techno music. With me and then wanting to get into like producing music for queer people, queer artists, is the coolest. First People Spun presents the Collective Spirit Podcast. The Collective Spirit moves each of us to stand up and make a difference, to pass on ancestral knowledge, and simply extend a hand of generosity. The Collective Spirit Podcast features Native artists and culture bearers who discuss the power of Indigenous art and culture. Hello, my name is Aveda Adara, and I am part of the Diné tribe, also known as Navajo. I was born and raised on the reservation. I am currently residing in Houston, Texas. Um, I've been off of the reservation for about 19 plus years. So that makes me, I guess, an urban Indian. I'm, I'm, you know, constantly always doing something. I just wrapped up recently, last week on Tuesday, um, recording a techno track that I called I Can't. And it's, it's dark. It's got like a lot of underground industrial elements to it. And I'm, I'm just everywhere when it comes to creating art. Um, I use a lot of raw materials when I do anything. Um, like I have my laptop right here with me because I'm doing a playlist because um, I DJ on Thursdays in downtown Houston and like just looking for new music um, is, you know, an art on its own. I do everything. I, I paint. I do clothing. Um, I, I love doing like little music videos, uh, photography, jewelry making. I've done podcasting. Um, but yeah, I, I'm like across the medium. I do everything. Growing up on the res, um, born and raised, I got really, really bored. Um Especially when, you know, you spent, my auntie lived in the city and you get to spend like a weekend in the city and you get used to everything there, cable, TV, running water, um, radio, stereos, records, tape players, this is the 80s. Um, and then going back to the res and you don't have that stuff, you don't have running water, you don't have television, you don't have a stereo. And so... I think that's where it all began. Um, my mom was probably the first person that helped me construct a pair of jeans that I wanted. And so she helped me sit there. We cut out everything uh, with makeup, like makeup artistry, hairstyling. Uh, she was always someone who supported what I was doing. She probably didn't understand it. But, you know, she was always there and always was someone who protected me against the the world. And so I think that's like one of the earliest projects that I've ever done was with her sitting down and being able to 
uh, create those pair of pants that I wore. I've always, always loved electronic music. I went to a boarding school on the reservation and the we had like a, a whole crowd of two-spirit people and we all used to share like this cassette tape called Rave Till Dawn and it was just full of like techno tracks and like that was one of my experience early earliest experiences with uh techno music but when I think about it like the the drum elements and the repetitive drums like it comes from like for me comes from like peyote music um my um stepfather's sister was very traditional and would listen to peyote music on the way to work every morning and you know being able to hear that repetitive beat with the chanting um it stuck with me and it and it still does and when I listen to electronic music um and that repetitive beat you know it that's what it reminds me of is sitting in her truck um taking her to work and I grew up religious with you know my mom's side of the family but when this part of the family this tradition came in um and you know going to these peyote meetings and these these nights the night singings in the mountains uh the music you know I take a lot of that with me and that's where like a lot of my inspiration comes from is you know stuff like that um when I did my podcast like my inspiration was the podcast was about inspiration and how people inspire me and it's just like the most unlikely people uh to spirit podcast is what it's called you can find it on youtube and facebook so basically it's about people who are inspiring um in the queer community i network a lot you know i always make sure my name is out there so i know a lot of people so i've you know, interviewed people like Durga McBroom from Pink Floyd, who is actually one of my really good friends who was actually on that tape from the 90s that we were talking about. The the late Nikki Aragus, who was actually my first guest on the podcast, who was an HIV activist. She recently um, died about a year or two ago. It was just, you know, inspiring because if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't have marriage equality if it wasn't for her fighting against these Texas Republicans and just being so controversial, we wouldn't have the type of rights that we have in Texas for the LGBT community. I've done podcasts with Judy Reeves. Judy Reeves was a um, a nurse during the AIDS crisis in the 80s, and she was one of the only people that would go into hospital uh, rooms and, you know, console uh, people who are dying of AIDS, um, which was really unheard of. So, you know, another thing that I'm working on um, is a book, and it's a book about stories of people who inspired me to be who I am. Also, I kind of ripped off the idea from John Waters, because John Waters has a book called Role Models, and he writes about his inspirations. And like, it started one day, I just sat down with a cup of coffee, and I started writing and I literally wrote for two two and a half days straight and like it just stopped but basically it was kind of a side project from the podcast because it was about people who inspired me when I was probably like seven or eight my uncle dated this woman 
and this like she would have like these really really huge huge bags of makeup and it was just like type of makeup you can think of and like makeup removers and like she would love the fact that I would sit there with her and do her makeup and like do her hair and I wish there were like smartphones or a way to take pictures back then um, just to like document what I was doing. But after I would get done, she would take everything off and she would have me start all over and we would sit there for hours and hours and do stuff like that. And um, she was one of the people who like inspired me to start getting into makeup and special effects makeup. You know, my mom was a really bad alcoholic. Um, Like she would literally bring like the most weird what people would think is weird, but she would bring like the most controversial people around us, like um, just trans people, um, like really hard alcoholics, drug addicts. And, you know, she was, she always lent them a space to be. And like, these people were really good people. And like, they just inspired me, you know, to be a better person. And my mom inspired me to take care of people. My um, stepson who's 16 is on the spectrum. And, you know, I think if it wasn't, you know, for a lot of what they provided me, then, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, as, as helpful and as great of a step parent as I am. And so the book right now, I have a lot written And I'm just, you know, kind of waiting for more stuff to come because like I'll sit and think about stuff and, you know, being someone who was an alcoholic who who's overdosed multiple times, you know, during my lifetime have met like really inspiring people on my own as well. And, you know, just even moving to Texas and then meeting the person who uh, inspired me to keep my sobriety going you know he's one of the biggest inspirations to me the art I come up with is something I, I thought that people do when they get bored you know they just pick something up and start creating something and um, like recently I started creating a crown for a pageant that I'm uh, I've held the title for since 2019, but I, I took apart a bunch of Barbies and I took their legs and their legs are sticking out on the top. And I used like some spray foam from Home Depot to kind of mold it together. And then I took some special effects makeup um, because it has a lot of imperfections, but I took some special effects makeup and, you know, edited some, de- edited some detail in there with an airbrush and but it's a yearly event in which the goth scene kind of gets together and they do a pageant um, every year. And it's been going on for 20 or 25 years. It's well received. Um, Houston is the fourth largest city in America. So you can imagine the type of crowd and response that the pageant gets. I don't have to be this extra but you know I I go the whole nine yards and I am putting a lot into this and I don't know it's just artistic I don't get money out of it 
Um, it's just, you know, my outlet. I structured the crown around a gown that I kind of altered. It was a wedding dress. Dyed it blue. I altered uh, the the holes in it. I burnt holes in it. It's really beautiful. It's a really beautiful wedding dress. And, you know, just to be able to deconstruct something that beautiful and dye it blue and put cockroaches, like fake cockroaches on it. And then with the crown and everything else that I have planned for it, it's just, I think it's going to be really, really, really pretty. My kind of pretty. Um, right now with music, I don't understand mix mastering, music production. I don't understand how any of that works. and. Um, thanks to the first people's fun, I'm able to now master my own tracks, whereas before I was reaching out to people and people will charge so much money um, for track mastering and like it's literally at my disposal. You know, seeing um, artists that I'm in love with and seeing them flourish and I'm still over here struggling uh, you know it's it's annoying being being seeing that and but then again a lot of these people are white and they come from money um so they've have an educational background about this and I don't being a person of color being a queer person of color like in the male white patriarchy you know it, it's a struggle but luckily you know I I think it I think because I'm so out there and so crazy and just in your face and do what I want and that's kind of caught the eye of certain white men that I work with um, that put me out to promote me yeah, that, that's a struggle because, um, you know, no person is going to, you know, want a trans person to walk into their studio. Even when I started the podcast, there was a lot of apprehension with this production company about my podcast. And that's why, you know, I did it myself and produced everything myself and edited everything myself and did the music by myself and set out the interviews by myself. And that's basically what I want to do with this first uh, people's grant is what I did with my podcast and being be able to master and mix and promote my own music with me and then wanting to get into like producing music for queer people queer artists native artists indigenous artists I want to like have a portfolio look back at like all of these artists that have became successful and People dancing to my music, making this world a better place for people, I think is the coolest thing that, that I can think of. I love dancing, so when I go out, like, I would tell myself, like, 20 years ago, I can do that, but I've always doubted myself, and it took 20 years to start, almost 20 years to start aging, um, so just stop doubting yourself and just do it with music like I don't understand what I'm doing but I'm still doing it as native people because we're like so especially living on the reservation we're so closed off to the rest of the world that when you get out here it's like what am I doing here 
you know, as a trans person, I've always made myself get up and go to interviews, even though people laughed at me, you know, I just always pushed myself to do it, even though I didn't want to do it. It's, it's uncomfortable, but you're going to have to do it in order to get to where you want to, where you want to be. Like sometimes a few months ago, I was in San Antonio and I was teaching in front of probably two, 300 people. And like that doubt came back, like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, like your music doesn't even fit in here. And, you know, I just kind of put that voice in the back of my head and just did what I was there to do and just kept reassuring myself. I DJed a couple of weeks ago and like I didn't understand the equipment that I was using. And then like that voice came back and I'm like, I was, you know, it was four in the morning. I am standing in front of a crowd of people and like I just totally killed it. Like not in a good way. Like the whole crowd just went. But I'm like, you know what, I, there's all of this equipment in front of me that I didn't understand before. And now I do. And regardless, if everybody walked off, then, you know, I'm fine. But then there were, there's like this little crowd of, um, they're 20 years old. I don't know why they follow me around. But there's like this crowd of 20 year old kids that follow me around. And they're like, you were so amazing. It was so awesome. I'm like, thank you. I'm I'm really inspiring to um, Native trans women. A lot of the people that reach out to me are my friends that are struggling with addiction. You know, they look at me as someone who is inspiring because I'm able to do my life and not be able to fall back on, you know, drinking drugs. Um, I I get messages from my community a lot and being someone who I used to work at this place called the Montreux Center and the Montreux Center is like an LGBT place in Houston and I took a job there with um, as a youth outreach coordinator so I would be out on the streets you know talking to the youth about what they needed we would hand out backpacks and stuff like that um And, you know, just hearing their stories was awesome. I got a message on Instagram and I wrote it down. Uh, Word for word, it it came from my mom. She said, um, we love you. You're so talented and a pleasure to watch. And by we, I mean my five and nearly two-year-old. My oldest says, you're spooky pretty. Thanks for sharing your arts and talents with us. You're truly incredible. So that was one of the most amazing things that I've ever gotten. And I screenshotted that. Um, and like one of the ideas I have is like just to, as a, um, someone who needs daily affirmations, I wanted to kind of put that like on a poster and put it above my bed. So when I wake up every morning, I see that. So yeah, just getting messages from, you know, my community, um, seeing the kids on the streets, knowing that they're going to be the ones that are going to be having to take care of me when I get old. I am grateful for this and, and for the option to introduce myself to everybody. 
The Collective Spirit Podcast is produced by First Peoples Fund, whose mission is to honor and support indigenous artists and culture bearers through grant-making initiatives, culturally rooted programming, and training and mentorship. Learn more at firstpeoplesfund.org.